This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Master. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. This week, we caught up with an auto executive we've gotten to know over the past mm-hmm. couple years. He's Klaus Zellmer. He's the president and CEO of Porsche North America, based down in Atlanta. Obviously, spends a lot of time shuttling back and forth between the United States and Germany. But his job is essentially to be on the front lines of the EV revolution, keeping Porsche relevant. So it's been a big year for Porsche, Jason, no doubt about it. This company reported record deliveries for last year, and they predicted that its first all-electric model, we're talking about the Taycan, will generate further growth in 2020. Porsche Cars North America alone reporting record U.S. retail sales last year. We're delighted to have Klaus Zellmer, CEO of Porsche North America, back with us. He joins us from Atlanta and a little further south from where you are, Klaus. The big game coming up, the Super Bowl, in just a few weeks, and you are going to unveil unveil a huge new ad. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, you know, Porsche is uh, uh, looking at Super Bowl as a, an opportunity uh, to share the Porsche story and, of course, the new arrival of a family member uh, right uh, at the big game. Uh, and we're really excited about it. Last time we were there was 1997, so quite some time ago. So we, cho- we chose to choose those moments carefully. Well, and tell us about kind of why now, why this car? I mean, this is a big game, obviously. Is this about going after kind of a younger audience for Porsche? Generally speaking, it's going after new audiences and making new friends out there. Uh, And the Taycan, that's uh, the entry now for us into the battery electric vehicle era, which is momentous for Porsche. And uh, that's why we want to share the story about Porsche. We've been uh, making, developing and producing, selling sports cars for over 70 years now. And uh, we want to show a couple of cars uh, through those decades uh, in that spot, but we also want to show the Taycan, the battery electric vehicle. All right, so Klaus, notably, and you mentioned this, there's a little bit of a history lesson uh, embedded in this ad, and you do show some older cars as well. Tell us about, you know, what you're going for. And I do wonder in a field where, you know, there are some notable upstarts here. Maybe you're trying to show a little bit of a legacy and and history and experience. Well, you know, we think every Porsche ever built in over 70 years has got a soul. Uh, And now we talk about soul electrified. Uh, So you want to see some of those cars uh, that uh, this brand uh, stands on. Uh, I give you one example. There's a racing car in that spot, a 917K that was uh, built purposely for winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans uh, 1970. In 1971, it was the main feature of Steve McQueen's uh, Le Mans movie. Um, and uh, that car is part of a heist, a heist uh, of cars that are trying to catch up with a Taycan uh, going uh, through a interesting scenery in Germany. So talk to us a little bit about the Taycan. We were lucky. You brought a car here to Bloomberg. Jason and I got to sit uh, in it with our own Hannah Elliott, as you well know, our, our car guru here at Bloomberg. Tell us how car sales are going. What kind of numbers are you seeing um, across the world? Demographically, where is it selling? Well, generally speaking, uh, we have just started uh, delivering, and the United States was actually the first country in the world uh, getting those cars on the ground, uh, delivered to customers. So we've sold 130 uh, last year in 2019, so that's not big numbers, but we're aiming, uh, of course, to bring this car to the States in, in larger numbers. 
Um, uh, and the big swing that we see coming up is also connected to seasonality. So spring this year, you're going to see quite a few Taycans in Porsche dealerships and hopefully also all the prospects, hand raisers, um, depositors, uh, and people who've already ordered the car then being enthusiastic about that new arrival. You know what's interesting, too, and I want to go back to the Super Bowl commercial because it really does get into the history, uh, where Porsche has come from, where it is today, and just kind of uh, all the walks in terms of the auto industry that you guys have been involved in. Why TV, though? I think in a world where social media has become so important, why is TV such an important medium, if you will, in terms of advertising? Is it still relevant to get new customers? You know, the equation of the big game actually is about 100 million people on the game day are watching the game. Um, And there is actually no other marketing or advertising platform in the United States with such an impact. Uh, So if you want to spread some big news about your company, and as I said, we don't do that every year, uh, you you might want to look at that stage to to engage people then in what you have to say. Uh, And that's why Super Bowl, the TV ad, of course, for us is important. But you're right, social media plays a a big role uh, when you want to create some awareness and get your car on people's shopping list. Uh, And social media picks up Super Bowl and uh, all the ads, uh, you know, weeks before the actual game and in the aftermath uh, as well. So uh, it's, it's a big multiplier for us, and that's why we're in there. And Klaus, tell us about the customer for the Taycan specifically. Uh, is this, how, how much, I should say, does this sort of widen the aperture, as it were, to a different audience, a younger audience, a different geography? Who's going to buy this car that might not have bought a Porsche before? I mean, is Jason your customer? Is that who you're going after? Who is it? Well, you know, what we can derive data from at the moment is our database with all our our depositors and people who've actually ordered the car. Looking at that, that's a couple of thousand of people. So that's uh, interesting that 50% come within the brand. So they're driving a Porsche right now and they want to either add the Taycan uh, to their uh, garage or they want to replace one of our cars. But 50% come from uh, the outside uh, of our current clientele. And the outside, uh, the main competitor in the outside world that is currently then engaging with the Taycan um, uh, is, is from Tesla. Um, so uh, we respect that brand. We respect them preparing the market for battery electric vehicle. But we also respect their customers now looking into driving a Porsche when it comes to battery electric. So what I'm hearing, Klaus, is that you're saying some of them are new to the brand, new to the Porsche brand that you're bringing in. That's right. Yeah. 50% are new to the brand. Uh, so they have never owned a Porsche before. And a conquest rate of 50% and more always is a very good indication for having the right strategy uh, in our business model, at least. And so, Klaus, tell us about some of the impact on your other uh, well-known brands and your other well-known lines, and specifically maybe the 911. I mean, that's such an iconic mm. brand in many ways, an iconic car. You know, how much does that change the way you think about it and may, maybe your customers think about it if they're transitioning to this new electric? You, you know, from my point of view, the, uh, the 911 uh, stands on its own. Uh, within our brand, uh, maybe even in the industry, especially with our fans. It's Nikon of the brand. 
Um, so people who gravitate towards the 9-11, and we've been building a car since 1963, uh, it's now in its eighth generation, um, they, they will remain with that car. Um, of course, they're going to try out a Taycan and see what that car is like, but a 9-11 will always remain a 9-11 from our point of view. Uh, however, if I look at the depositor data, yes, there are some cu uh, customers that currently drive a 911 either want to add the Taycan to the garage or potentially have a break from the 911 and then drive the Taycan. So there's going to be a little bit of movement in there, but we're not worried about the 911 because that car is so rock solid in that segment of two-door sports cars. Um, th th there won't be much uh, substitution or cannibalization from our point of view. Wait, so do I hear that a 911 will ultimately, I know, go, go electric? I think it's the last line that you're going to do it. It will happen eventually? Well, everything is going to go electric <laughs> eventually, you know. That's, that's true. That's, uh, you guys have made that commitment, yeah. That's the name of the game. Uh, and yes, the 911 will most probably be the very last one in the line for that transition. And it might happen, uh, you know, in, in a decade from now. We don't know. We just know that for, from our current plans, 50% of our cars sold in 2025 will actually have a plug. So we'll either be battery electric vehicle or will be a, a plug-in hybrid. All right. So it's the beginning of the year, 2020, as Carol mentioned at the top. 2019 was a great year. I believe you were recently returned from a world headquarters over there in Germany. What's the message that's been put out to the senior executive team in terms of what to expect in 2020? Well, you know, we've, we've seen record years now for Porsche in the U.S., 10 record years in a row, so a, a decade full of records. Now, we all know that the economy goes in cycles, so we need to be cautious, we need to be flexible. We shouldn't be anxious. Uh, we should be ambitious, and we are. Uh, but, of course, the economy uh, globally um, is potentially slowing down. Uh, and we can't expect those record years to carry on forever. Uh, so we have to have a business uh, model in place that is flexible, flexible enough to cater for those fluctuations in the economy. Klaus, is it safe to say that as you guys continue the transition to electric vehicles, that there is going to be some extra costs as a result of it, and there's going to be some changing dynamics within the brand mix and how customers see it or how customers are purchasing, that there might be you know, some challenges when it comes to meeting the top and bottom lines? Oh, 100%. Um, battery electric vehicles in terms of the investment costs, development costs are more expensive than our, of course, you know, decades of experience with combustion engines and that type of technology. Uh, it's going to take years until we have scale in battery electric vehicles in a way so we will have costs comparable to combustion engines. Uh, however, uh, this is the way we have to go. And uh, it's not a revolution. It will be an evolution. So there will be right. a transition time uh, when you will have to cater for customers who will not go for electric or will stay with combustion engines uh, and probably take that path some years from now. Right. But you guys have committed, I think, by 2020 that every other car that Porsche sell, I think, maybe will be having a plug. 2025. So it's a big deal. But we have one last question for our own Matthew Miller, who loves cars, and he wrote from us from Germany, and he said, what are you going to do if Germany puts a speed limit on the Autobahn? Isn't that kind of automotive freedom in Porsche's homeland a selling point for the brand? Do we need to be worried? Uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, people always ask me, why would anybody buy a, a Porsche uh, that can go 
faster than 300 kilometers per hour or 180 kilo, uh, miles per hour. Why would anybody buy that in the, in the United States of America? It's not always um, about actually doing what you can. It's knowing what you could. Mm. And, uh, you know, Germany in that way, of course, it's, it's something that helps us stay credible. Um, so it, it would uh, potentially take away that advantage of people knowing that you can take the car to its absolute limit uh, when it comes to speed. Uh, but it wouldn't um, be that dramatic uh, for us as a brand. It would be dramatic for me as a driver because I actually enjoy the time when it's safe. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, taking my Porsche on the German Autobahn uh, to its absolute limit. And that was Klaus Zellmer, the president and CEO of Porsche North America, joining us here. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.